welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast so you get every episode automatically every week. Be sure that you are receiving the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast, too. I only send you one email a week, no spam, and you only need to put in your email address, no other information, at nhte.net. Also, if you have questions or comments that you'd like to send to me, the email address is podcast at nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from just outside Greenville, South Carolina, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has a new single coming out next month. His music catalog is extensive going back to 2014, having first garnered attention by covering chart-topping artists and posting them online, which landed him a role on the hit TV show Glee. It has also led to him having over a half million subscribers to his YouTube channel. He has performed nationally and internationally, including opening for artists from Selena Gomez and Ed Sheeran to Dwight Yoakam and Willie Nelson. He has also performed on NBC's Today Show and on The Tonight Show, as well as ABC's Dancing with the Stars, and he was even a semifinalist on season 13 of America's Got Talent. You've been hearing a song of his called Hell or High Water. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Noah Guthrie. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Noah. Looking forward to this. Since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics, tell the listeners about the song of yours that was just playing called Hell or High Water. Yeah, uh, Hell or High Water is, it's kind of a, it's a song about growing up, uh, really, and, you know, it kind of follows the um, the journey of a, of a young man doing just that, just kind of growing up in his hometown and kind of finding where he fits and, and uh, you know, what kind of life he wants to lead. And, um, yeah, I wrote this, um, actually, yeah, this is a solo ride. I, I wrote this, I guess about a year ago now, um, maybe a little over that. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's one of my, one of my favorites, uh, in the last couple of years that I've written and, um, just think it has kind of a, a nice message of, of, you know, not giving up and not, uh, not tiring out on your dream. So even though a songwriter always hopes that a wide variety of listeners can kind of interpret the song for themselves, since it's said that you do write very personal songs, is Hell or High Water about yourself? Um, I think I think Hell or High Water is one of those songs that I started writing um, just, you know, just for the heck of it. And then... Um, I think it's it's one of those songs that in the middle of it you're like okay well what is what exactly is this about okay it's about this person you know kind of a coming of age kind of thing and oh what am I doing right now well I guess I'm kind of in that situation uh is this song about me oh man I guess it is so <laughs> yeah I think this was just one of those songs that just kind of you know it it needed to be written um and it was just kind of trying to to push itself out and and uh used me as the uh the vehicle to do that. Okay, there's something cool that you said in there that I want to dig into a little bit here because for the listeners who are aspiring performers, your up-and-coming songwriters, Noah, you said that you got to a point where you say, okay, what is this song? 
So just talk about that, what a songwriter goes through and, you know, how do you react to that where you've got the song idea and maybe you got some lyrics in mind, you start writing them down and all of a sudden you pause and you take a step back and look and you go, wait a minute, what, what do I have here? Like, what, what, what am I writing? Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think something I run into a lot when I'm talking about songwriting with, with people who, um, are either new to it or just don't really know anything about the, the art of songwriting. But I think it's, it's funny to, um, it's funny to see the reaction from people when you tell them that, well, a lot of your favorite songs start out as just gibberish, like meaningless words. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you're, you're really just trying to fit something, some kind of word, some kind of feeling to a melody, uh, usually in the beginning, unless, unless you just start out with like a clever line, which that happens. But for me, it usually, uh, usually starts with, with some kind of melody or, or a guitar part. And, and then I kind of layer words on top of it and then I figure out where it goes. So mm. yeah, it is, uh, you know, and I, and I know a lot of songwriters who, who write differently and, and it's very much one of those kind of, um, I guess like a lightning in a bottle kind of moment when you get that, that great line. But yeah, man, most of my songs start out as just like, you know, maybe a couple of words that have some kind of meaning to me, but I don't always know what that meaning is mm-hmm. until I get halfway through the song. And, uh, you know, you just kind of have to figure out what story you're telling and then figure out if it's, if it's your story or if you're like making a character, mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. So, okay. you know, I just try to be mindful of it while I'm in it. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, after we finish this interview, Noah and I are going to continue talking in bonus content that will only be available exclusively through the Patreon for this show. You get to hear more from the guest. You get to hear more behind-the-scenes type stuff from me. You get to hear a little more lighthearted, more personal conversation. And this is all only 5 bucks a month. There are currently 25 audio files up there. So Noah Guthrie will be number 26. And you can gain access to all those bonus conversations by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hitting the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up. You will also then automatically get access to all the bonus recordings that come out every week hereafter. If you get the weekly e-newsletter or saw the post that I put across social media a few weeks ago, you read that my application for the COVID-19 relief that the government was giving to small businesses was rejected because they told me it was only being given to agriculture businesses. So regarding Patreon, you're not only getting bonus content every week, but your $5 a month does help me with expenses that I have for doing this show every week. Just go to nhte.net and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up for all the bonus audio. We just heard about Hell or High Water, so speaking of specific Noah Guthrie original music, I mentioned in the intro, Noah, that you have a new single coming out next month. Tell the listeners about that track as well, plus whether it's available to pre-save or anything like that. Yeah, I do. I have a new single coming out um, on July 10th, and uh, it's a song called That's All. And uh, I wrote That's All with uh, some really, really great uh, songwriters out of Nashville, Corey Batten, Jason Duke, and Jason Massey. And uh, when we wrote the song... I, it was just one of those songs that really stuck out to me as, as being special and, and having just this kind of charm to it. And, um, it, it took a while for me and my band, good trouble to, to actually 
you know, get in the studio and record it. But we had played it live all over the place for probably, man, I think I wrote, I think I wrote the song like probably two, two and a half years ago, something like that. So we, mm. we've been playing it live for a while. And, um, I always knew though, that I wanted to release it as a single and, and, um, that it just had something kind of special. And it's a song that is, it's, it's about, um, someone who is looking back, you know, on a, on a past relationship and, you know, just kind of wondering what might've been. And, and, you know, there, there's a lot of songs out there like that, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a very relatable song because when you, when you listen to the lyrics, you, you know, I, I think there's something in there for everybody. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, uh, available for pre-save right now on Spotify if you want to do that. Um, and I think you can find that link, uh, on my Instagram, on the bio on my Instagram, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. And I think it's, it's a really, it's, it's a different sound, I think, than most of my fans are, are, um, used to hearing from me. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So explain the part about, and this is going to be just for the casual listener out there who's not a musician, but just as a music fan, just explain how you said this song was probably written about two and a half years ago and yet it's only getting recorded and released now. So just walk the listeners through, you know, what happens that it takes sometimes that long for a songwriter or an artist to to get their song out into a single or an EP or in an album. Yeah, so I think that probably has most to do with, um, you know, there's, there's just different ways of, of going about making an album. And uh, a lot of artists... Um, you know, go into a studio and they, they go into the studio with, you know, X amount of songs, but maybe they need to like write the rest of the album while they're there. So that's part of their process. Um, for me, the only reason I, I don't usually do that, uh, is because I, in, in a normal world, I, I tour a whole lot, uh, not so much these days, but, um, in a normal world, I, I, I tour, um, quite a bit throughout the year and, um, while I'm doing that, I'm also, you know, riding by myself or I'm taking the weeks that I have off and, and driving to Nashville and, and, you know, getting in some riding rooms with some people and, and co-riding. Um, and it just takes a little while for me to collect songs that I think are special enough to, to put on an album together. Um, but you know, it's, it's different for everybody. Some artists just like to write the whole album uh, when they get in the studio and the, so they'll write it in a couple weeks, you know, or a week. Um, and that works really great. And I would like to start doing that a little more often, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I think you get, you know, you get a, you get it faster. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I've, I think one thing I like about the way that we record songs and I say we as me and my band, cause that's usually who's doing it. I've been playing with, um, with my band for geez, six or probably six or seven years now. And, uh, the, what I like about it is because we tour so much, when I get a new song, the first people I'm playing it for other than like, you know, my girlfriend or my dad or my mom or somebody, uh, are, are these guys. And, and they, you know, we, I take it to them in a rehearsal and it's usually a rehearsal that we're doing for some show that's coming up. And I take it to them in a rehearsal and they kind of add their own parts and, and, really kind of breathe a different kind of life into it that that's fun because you know you can only think of so much by yourself but they kind of do their thing and then we tour the song usually you know a lot of these songs on you know 
that that'll eventually be on a new album. A lot of these songs have been toured for two or three years, mm, and wow. you really get tight on them. Um, and honestly, uh, that's 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 too long, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. But that's just the way that it worked out. And uh, but you know, we we get really good at playing them. And, yeah, for uh, sure. That is that's honestly it's it's so much better because when you get into the studio you're already so tight and then you just kind of have to figure out what what you want to do differently if you want to do anything differently. That's really interesting because I always think of the other way around, you know, and and those who have listened to the show for a long time know that my all-time favorite band was always Rush and Rush got to a point in their career where they decided, "Well, hold on a minute. You know, we don't want to overdo these songs in the studio to the point where it's a real challenge to duplicate them live." And so now you're going the other way and saying, well, we're nice and tight. And by the time we get in the studio, we know how to do the song efficiently, but we also know that we can do it live. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, and it kind of fits into a little bit of a plan that that we wanted to do just because we, you know, we really love playing live shows and these songs that are are new to most people. But, you know, like I said, we've been touring for a while, so like they're not new to us, but they're new to most people and uh it's it's a way to kind of introduce the fan base to what you're going to be recording <laughs> um so they kind of know what's coming to a certain degree but you know and it, and it wasn't all planned that way but it, it just kind of worked out that way and, and i kind of like it i, I like being able to kind of tour uh, a little bit of a catalog before you put it to you know digital or, or however you're doing it but um yeah I, I i really enjoyed that process and i'm I'm glad we've recorded 11 songs now, um, and they all really, really uh, sound great. Well, and you do hear about the artists from time to time, you know, that will, quote-unquote, test some songs out on a crowd and say, you know, this is a song that's going to be on our next release, you know, but they're also taking the audience's temperature to say, you know, we are getting a good response to this, aren't we, before we do go and put it into production. Yeah, for sure. There will obviously be a lot of Noah Guthrie fans listening to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, and I thank those folks, and I also invite you all to check out other episodes of the show, but we've been blessed to get listeners from 153 countries around the world, so there will also be people who are just being introduced to Noah Guthrie for the first time. For their benefit, Noah, talk about the family ties that are woven throughout your music from the first song you wrote to your immediate family and their influence, as well as the roles that a couple of them have today in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I am both blessed and cursed, uh, to work with my family. <laughs> um, and I think they'd agree with that statement, but, um, yeah. So really what happened my, my, um, I guess my, my career in a nutshell, um, I was in high school when I started, uh, I, I started playing guitar and, and singing more. And, you know, I'd always been around music, uh, from a young age. My, my dad and my stepmom, uh, were both, uh, studio singers for a long time. And, uh, I would always, you know, kind of eavesdrop on the sessions that they were in and, uh, you know, learn to play bass when I was, I don't know, 12 maybe. Um, and then, moved to acoustic guitar, um, and have kind of stayed on acoustic guitar since, but, um, you know, been singing since I was little. So it's, it's always been there. Music has always been there. And, um, when I got in high school, I started dabbling with, uh, these cover songs, uh, just to, you know, kind of get my chops up a little bit and, and, uh, see what I could do. And really I, I, 
fell in love with arranging um, these cover songs more than learning them correctly. I, I usually huh. kind of turn them on their head and, and try to do something different with them. Mm. And then I, I, because of that, um, or maybe it's the other way around, I can't really remember, but because of that, um, I really fell in love with, with writing and, and writing was, uh, my, my passion and, and still is. And so I started doing these, uh, <laughs> these cover songs. And, and then one day I, I posted one to YouTube. I posted a cover of, uh, where the streets have no name by U2, which was uh, my favorite band at the time. And, um, I did a kind of like ballad version of it, I guess. And, um, it just got, you know, it got noticed, um, online more than I thought it would. And, and people asked me if I would do some more. So hmm. I started doing some more and, uh, you know, realized that this could be something. And, and by this time I was, I guess, a sophomore going into a junior year in high school. And, um, things just kind of started to pick up and, and, you know, shows started presenting themselves to, to mm. go play, go play in clubs and go play, you know, at, at, at coffee shops and all sorts of stuff like that. And were you doing original music yet at that point? Were you writing? I, I was, I was writing. Um, and you know, I still have to this day, I have somewhere, I have this, uh, this EP that I made of probably five or six songs that were all original and, um, they're much different than, than what I do today. But, um, yeah, you know, I was writing, I was kind of flexing that muscle the most I could, but I, uh, really got noticed for the covers and, and, you know, I just saw that this could, could really be an option, uh, for me. And, and at the time I was also in a, uh, fine arts school, uh, for half the day every day. So I was kind of in that world too, where people were, finally telling me, Hey, you could, you could be a musician for a living, you know, and it's not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I kind of had that rubbing off on me and, um, I, I, you know, I wanted to go play these shows and I couldn't rent a car, you know, I couldn't buy a hotel room <laughs> or anything like that. So my, uh, and this is a, a long winded way of getting to this, but my dad, um, you know, started traveling with me and, and kind of making the travel arrangements and making sure I was safe and, and, uh, you know, making sure I, I ate every day and, um, really just really got the wheels turning. And, uh, really from then on me and, and my dad, uh, had, you know, have been going on the road for, for a long time. And, and, you know, we saw a lot of the country together and then my brother, my, my older brother, Ian, uh, has also always been a musician. He's been playing drums since he was, probably two or three and uh is also a really really great recording engineer he does all the all the engineering and some of the producing on uh stuff to this day um and we're a good team there um and yeah we just started touring the country together in you know rental cars and then rental vans and then bigger rental vans and, <laughs> uh finally just uh, like just last year i finally bought my own uh tour van and, uh, and that awesome. was a big, a big milestone for yeah, us, you yeah, know, and, sure. uh, not having to ride in the same cabin as all the gear is like, <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, we feel like we're in some kind of tour bus, but <laughs> yeah, my family has always been there, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's a really, it really is a blessing and, and, uh, can be a curse on some days when we're, when we're stuck in a van for sure, too long with sure. each other, but it, it really is awesome because I have 
two people at least a part of my team that are that are always there for me and they always have my back so it's it's really nice knowing that and tell the audience why i mentioned the first song that you ever wrote in conjunction with family it was either the first or maybe the second song but but yeah i mean that's the first i remember writing was uh after my grandfather had passed away um and you know i was just uh, a kid that that was sad and, and needed to kind of vent that and um you know that that's how i did it and i remember playing that <laughs> And now I, I feel I feel weird about it, um, but you know I remember playing that song for for my grandmother, um, you know, really not long after he had passed, and she was so sweet and, and sat through it, and um, you know, really humored me on that, and was very good. But I, I can only imagine <laughs> what that must have felt <laughs> like. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, if I if I could go back and you know have hindsight, I maybe would have yeah. done something else, but. Um, it, yeah, man, it's, it's funny. It's family kind of is woven throughout my whole musical career. Well, c- clarify something. Your music is all released as Noah Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Yet there are mentions of your band, Good Trouble. Is that just a reference right. to the guys on stage with you? Or is there like solo Noah Guthrie or is it Noah Guthrie and Good Trouble? Or is it just Good Trouble? Like just clarify all that. And I guess who are the other members, by the way, of, of Good Trouble also? Yeah. Okay. So we, um, so good trouble is basically they're the guys on stage. Um, they are usually, uh, my brother Ian, uh, and a guitar player named Rhett Scholl, uh, who is kind of having his, uh, has his own presence online nowadays. Um, and is doing quite well with that. Um, and it's just a great guitar player, great guy all the way around. Um, and then another friend of mine named Philip Conrad, uh, playing the bass and that really makes up good trouble. And yeah, we, so everything gets released right now under Noah Guthrie, just because it is easier, uh, to do. Um, and we're set up to do that. And, um, I have thought about different ways of, of kind of changing that if I could. Um, but right now it's just kind of not in the cards, but yeah. So when I'm, when I'm, uh, on stage, you know, I refer to them as good trouble and, and, uh, it's just a name we, we went by, I guess probably a couple years ago now. Um, and it just kind of stuck. And, uh, so it's Noah Guthrie in good trouble. Okay. Okay. And for some reason, it's making me think of, uh, listeners back on episode 248 of this show. My guest was Chris Donahue and he is the bass player with Emmy Lou Harris. And they kind of will talk about the red dirt boys and it kind of got confusing because like, well, wait, what is this band that you're in called the Red Dirt Boys? And it's like it's like Noah's describing. Right. It's like, no, it's Emmy Lou Harris and the guys behind her are the Red Dirt Boys. And so now you're here to clarify that it's Noah Guthrie and the guys behind you are good trouble. So, yes, yeah. got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing. You're in a city called Greer, South Carolina, Nashville, is just a short five and a half hours away <laughs> between that proximity and the success that you've had. Why do you choose to remain in Greer rather than relocate to music city? Um, it's, this is my home. Um, and you know, they, I'm not saying it'll never happen. Um, cause I, I have no idea what the future holds for me. Um, and you know, there may be a day where I feel like I, I need to move to Nashville or, or some other big music city, but you know, this is my home. This is where my friends are. Um, it's where my family is. And like you said, it really isn't, I mean, it's not that far of a drive. It's, it's, you know, especially if you're, if you're in 
a band and you're used to making, you know, 15 hour overnight drives, a five and a half hour drive is not that difficult. Um, and it kind of makes me feel, makes me feel a little better when I go to Nashville because it, it makes it, it kind of makes the city and everything I'm doing there seem so fresh every time. Mm. And, uh, I, I really love that city. And, you know, if, if I was going to pick uh, another home, you know, I could, I could definitely see myself living there someday, but for right now, you know, it's just, just not what I feel like I have to do. Um, and I think nowadays, especially in the music business, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. Um, and you're not necessarily having to be tied down to one area, uh, of the country, but, um, you know, I love all my Nashvilleian friends and, and the city of Nashville, but it's just not for me at the moment. Um, I'm much happier in, in the Carolinas. Well, and I was just going to say that, you know, listeners, if you're an up-and-coming performer and if you get yourself to the point where you're having the, the kind of success that Noah's having, I don't remember who it was, shame on me, because I'm always so good at this, but I know there was someone on the show in the last couple months that wasn't in one of the three major music markets, and here's Noah having the amount of success that he's in, and it's like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If someone's telling you, listeners, you need to move to L.A., Nashville, or New York, and you're having the level of success that Noah's having, no, you don't. Just keep doing what you're doing and, you know, always try to improve, but... Uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's also good testimony, Noah, to the fact that you are doing as much as you are from where you are. And yes, like you said, occasionally getting yourself to Nashville, but, you know, not to the point where you're saying, oh, well, I, I guess I have to move there. Yeah. And I think um, and, you know, it really is something it's probably a luxury that we have now uh, that a lot of people didn't, you know, back then. But I'm I'm taking full advantage of that luxury of not having to be in the city. But, you know, most of my like, you know, my, my agent and everybody is based out of Nashville. So I go there quite a bit. Um, but you know, it, it's just every time I come back here to this small town, you know, I live in a small town that's real close to the mountains and, and you just really can't beat that. If you, if you grew up here, um, there are obviously things I would love to change about it and hopefully will change in the future. But you know, I, I, I love this place. It's, it's just my home. And, and I think too, um, I actually heard this quote or read this quote from uh, Sturgill Simpson um, not too long ago, I think probably a month or so ago. And he just said, uh, and he, he was addressing new musicians and new songwriters and basically just told them, hey, if you're a new songwriter, don't move to Nashville. Just get in a van and start touring and start like making connections on the road with people and start, you know, knowing what venues you love to play and start you know, learning everything that you can about being on the road and, and selling your music to people through the connections that you make with them on stage. And I think that mm. really speaks a lot to what we have done in, in our, our career so far. Um, it really is just about making that personal connection with somebody. Well, a big part of your story, of course, you started to mention this a little bit, is having blown up on YouTube with the cover songs that you were posting videos of. Do you worry that... Like, do you issue cautionary advice to aspiring artists who will see that success and say, oh, well, then I guess I can get discovered on YouTube, too? Or is it the opposite? And maybe you want to be an inspiration to them and say, see, you can get noticed on YouTube. Um, I think I think I would be lying if I said it didn't bother me some days um, being and I mean that by getting my start on YouTube, um, and doing all those covers. Um, 
it's a double-edged sword in some ways. I think that it was really fantastic to get my name out there and, you know, get people seeing me that wouldn't normally see me. I mean, you know, you can go from your bedroom to the other side of the world in 30 seconds. So it's a really cool thing in that way. And I definitely don't discredit it. Um, and I still make YouTube videos to this day. I don't really do covers as much anymore. Um, but I do, you know, more like behind the scenes kind of vlog stuff, but even that, you know, is still pretty infrequent. And I do think, um, there are some days that are better than others when it comes to kind of getting people to pay attention to your original music and getting them to love what you love. And it's just kind of one of those, kind of one of those ongoing battles that I have to have with myself, um, and kind of with my music Mm -hmm. to try and get my, uh, original music noticed more. And that, you know, I just, I would be lying if I, if I, didn't say that. So, sure. um, I think to anyone out there that is thinking about doing this or thinking about getting on YouTube, uh, as far as a, a means of getting noticed or getting some notoriety, um, I think, yes, you should totally do it, but I think you need to, to really think about what that content is going to look like, um, and how long you want to be doing that content for. Mm. Um, and, most importantly, like make sure it is something that you can be happy doing. Um, because you know, there, there came a time where I had done a lot of these cover songs and they start just like anything else. They start to become a, just a thing that you do. And, uh, they're not as much a thing that you love doing and want to share with people. Cause that's, that's my music. You know, that's, that's like the original music I'm writing is that's, that's part of me. That's my heart. That's my soul, you know, and that's what I want to share with people. But the covers are a great way of, you know, kind of connecting with people that you wouldn't normally. Um, but you know, it, it does, it gets to be monotonous and it gets to be, it can be kind of a drag sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And and uh, my advice would be, and this is coming from someone who for, I guess I'm, I guess I'm past 15 years now that I've been doing music management and promotion. My advice would be, what else are you going to do? Like, that's all great. And, you know, a f- few years ago when, when Facebook was still in its prime and its heyday, I used to talk about don't put all your eggs in Facebook's basket. Um, and, and I blogged about it on my website and things like that. But it's like, yeah, you can you can say like, hey, maybe I'll be like no one. Maybe I'll get found on YouTube. And, and there's nothing wrong with taking that strategy, but you got to be doing other things too. So I, this time I'll say don't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from just outside Greenville, South Carolina by singer, songwriter, guitar player Noah Guthrie. Visit his official website at noahguthrie.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then on his website, there are links to connect with Noah on social media. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Of course, Noah's music is available on Spotify, so you can certainly follow him on there. Remember to pre-save his new single, which comes out on July 10th. However, the better way to support him is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. Be sure to keep up with him online for all things Noah Guthrie music. I also mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio ad-free by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Noah Guthrie and bonus content 
for the previous 25 episodes of the show. I also want to make sure that I say thank you for those that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I see that activity via the monthly emails that they send me. Feel free to email me yourself at podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of the show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me once a month is how much they're kicking back to me. So I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. Anyhow, thank you for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Noah, before we move on, did you want to say anything further about my don't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket advice? Well, I guess, I, you know, I could clarify a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I don't want anyone listening that is thinking about having a presence on YouTube. I don't want them to be scared of it or, you know, be talked out of it. You know, I already went through it. So, so like I have my own stories, but like, you know, ultimately YouTube got me to places that I never would be. Um, otherwise, I mean, that's just the truth. And, and I am super, super grateful for that. Um, and you know, like I had a couple viral videos. I had one in particular for sexy and I know it, the, the silliest, weirdest song, um, <laughs> that could have taken off, you know, and, it, and now it has, you know, 20, 30 million views. And that's fantastic. And it really did do a lot for me and a lot for my career. So there are a lot of upsides, but you do have to keep in mind that, you know, if you do have one of those viral videos, that's a cover, that's going to be a part of you for a while. Yeah. And, and you need to, you know, you need to know that yeah. <laughs> going yeah. into it and, and don't, and again, it's not all a bad thing. It's just, I think it's, you have to find the right balance for yourself and exactly. what, what you're happy doing. Yeah. And how can you deflect that attention you're getting for those cover songs over to your original stuff? So people know that you're not a one trick pony. Yeah, exactly. I mentioned your website. I mentioned your social media platforms on noahguthrie.com. People are going to see their shows listed for you July 31st in Pennsylvania and then Connecticut, California, and Wisconsin over four dates in August. Do we know as of now that all of those are on despite the coronavirus threat that's still hanging over us all? Uh, no, sadly, uh, all of those, in fact, they should be updated, but uh, most of those are actually off now. Mm. Now, mm. Um, Yeah, it's been a very strange thing to have to reschedule and cancel so many shows. Um, I was supposed to be on the road for almost all of May, um, and, you know, instead I basically <laughs> sat at home, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to say that, uh, you know, you obviously please go to my website and, and, uh, you know, we'll try to get things updated as quick as we can, but it's also, I, I guess I just ask for patience. If you're a fan that either had, uh, tickets to a show or, you know, was looking forward to a show and, and it's now canceled or rescheduled, um, I am so, so sorry. I, I it pains me more than you know that that I can't go out and do those shows but we are trying our best to honor everything that we can and and you know move things when we can move things um but honestly right now people in my industry are 
I'm probably going to be the last ones to go back to work, you know, and it's uh, just a very strange, a strange environment to be working in. Um, So I just ask for patience and, and, and uh, I really appreciate everybody's love and support on that end. Way back on episode 123 of the show, my guest was Wendy Wagner, who sang on more than 600 songs for the TV show Glee. Oh, man. Uh, Listeners, I will put a link to that interview on the show page for Noah's episode on NHTE.net so you can hear my conversation with her also. Noah, talk about your experience being on Glee, including for those that are in the audience saying, okay, so how does that happen? Like, how do you go from the YouTube success to getting cast on the show? Like who contacted you? How did they contacted you? And and then, like I said, just talk about your whole experience of doing Glee, period. Glee was uh, a really, really cool thing. Um, and it was something that honestly just came out of nowhere. Um, and I mean, it came from somewhere, but basically what happened, um, I was on the road uh, doing a few shows um, and a few months previous to that, I had played a house show, um, in San Francisco. I'd played, you know, for some guys in their apartment. Uh, they, you know, invited 10, 15 people. And, um, one of them was, um, I guess he, he was another musician and, uh, he, the, the following week after the house show that I played, uh, this guy was on a judging panel, um, with someone else who happened to be a cast, uh, a casting director for Glee ah. and several other shows. And she said they, they had been friends for a while and she was talking to this guy and, and said, you know, we're really struggling to find this one, um, one person that can fill this one role that mm. we have and really need a shy kind of like somewhat chubby kid who can <laughs> sing like Otis Redding. <laughs> And those were her words. And and this guy was like, well, I just saw this guy <laughs> like last week. and uh, I know he, him. <laughs> yeah. So he passed my information on wow. to her. And, um, you know, wow. he he messaged us saying or he messaged like me and my dad and said, hey, I met, you know, this person from Glee and, and you might be getting a call from them or whatever. Uh, so just don't you know, don't deny the call or something. And we were like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> great, cool. <laughs> um, and then sure enough, a couple of weeks go by and we get a call from, from her and her name was mm-hmm. Alex. And, uh, she was very nice and, and just told us, um, you know, Hey, we, we would love, you know, they, they then went and researched me and heard my album and then heard some of the covers and stuff. And, um, just wow. thought that I fit the part really well, uh, for this character named Roderick. And, um, how cool is that? It was, man, it was so weird. Uh, it was like, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, I've had a few things happen in my life that, that were that way where it just kind of drops into your lap and and you don't really know what to do with it. But, you know, I was not an actor. I was not in that world at all. What didn't have any, didn't want to be, you know, like didn't have any kind of aspiration to go and do that. But they said, uh, to just, you know, send a self tape audition of, of me reading some lines and, and Mm. I did that. And, uh, I guess they thought it was good enough. And, uh, I ended up flying out to LA and, and, um, doing another audition in front of Ryan Murphy and some of the producers on the show, um, which was terrifying. Um, (laughs) so scary. And they, I remember going into it. I 
had been talking to some of the casting directors and, uh, you know, I just told him like, look, I don't, I don't know at all what to expect. Like in this audition, like, what am I going into? What do I need to, what do I need to do? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they were very kind and, and knew that I had no experience in this, in this field of work and, Mm. um, you know, just kind of talked me through like, well, this will probably happen and this will probably happen. And most importantly, they will look like they hate you while you're singing and like while you're running lines, they're going to look like they hate you. So don't pay attention to their faces. Nice. And, uh, I was like, great, cool. Sure. And (laughs) I went into the audition and there were several other people auditioning for the same part and I was talking to them and they were all like just killer like they were all so good and uh I just remember thinking like well what am I even doing here um (laughs) and then I went for the audition and uh sure enough I was on that stage uh in front of Ryan Murphy and I was you know singing and running these lines and stuff and the whole time I was looking at these guys and they just looked like they just could care less about me. <laughs> and I, I walked out of that audition feeling so bad. And, uh, I went back to my hotel room and then I was leaving the next day. I was flying out cause I think I had another show to go and do. And I was packing my bags and I got a phone call early that morning, uh, from the casting director and, uh, his name was Robert. And he, he just said, uh, Hey man, so you're going to go home and and, uh, pack your bags. Cause you're basically going to come back out here in like two or three days. Mm. And, uh, and you got the part and I just didn't really know what to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't remember, I don't think I cried or anything because I was so just shocked, uh, that it had happened. And, um, anyway, I, I did, I did exactly that. I went home and I was there for two or three days and then I moved wow. from, from home to Los Angeles wow. for, probably seven or eight months. And, um, and you know, and I'd been to Los Angeles a couple times before. So that luckily wasn't the big scary part. It was mainly like, you know, finding a place to live and, and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I remember the first, the, the day I flew back out to Los Angeles, they threw me in a scene, um, mm. late at night, they called me, they, they brought me on set to just kind of familiarize myself with everything. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went back to my hotel room and they called me later that night and was like, Hey, can you come back in, uh, for this scene? I was like, I, I guess, I guess I can. <laughs> I don't think I'm in a position uh, to say no. So sure. Yeah, I, like, I guess <laughs> what time? I can do that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, they threw me in like this, this dance number and, and, uh, mm. I was just so uncomfortable and, um, but it got, you know, it got more and more comfortable and, and people started showing me the ropes and I made some friends and there were four or five other, um, other newbies on there that I became very good friends with and, uh, are still very good friends with to this day. And, nice. um, yeah, it was, it was a really great experience, man. I, I sang a lot of great songs. I got to, uh, act with air quotes around that, but, um, you know, it was, it was a really, really cool thing for me. Well, check this out. Listeners. Noah has toured Europe six times and has even performed in the Middle Eastern nation of Oman. Wow. <laughs> Could, yeah. <laughs> could, could you could you ever have imagined that music would take you to all these places around the world? Do you have those moments maybe in the hotel or at Soundcheck where you stop and look and say, wow, look where I am? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and, you know, if, you, if I'm being honest, when, when you're on, you know, a couple week long tour, um, you know, you, you get to a point where it is kind of an auto, you're on autopilot mm-hmm. to a certain degree and 
you do have to stop and kind of remind yourself like, Hey, what are you doing today? Oh, you're playing music for your living <laughs> for a bunch of people that like your music. Wow. Good, good. Yeah. So yeah, I do. And, um, I am, man, I'm just so lucky and, and, you know, I get to do it with my friends and my family and, uh, yeah, Europe, Europe has been such a good place for us. Um, and, and the fan base over there is so good and so loyal um, and so attentive when you're playing and, and the, the club scene over there is so much different than, than the club scene in America. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I love playing in America, but over in Europe, when you play a song, people are like dead quiet listening mm. to your song, <laughs> listening to everything you say. And for a minute you think like, Oh, they don't like this. And then you get done with a song and they just explode in, wow. in you know, applause. And it's great. They're just, a really, really friendly folks and, and, uh, really made us feel at home over there. And, um, yeah, with Oman, man, that was just kind of just came out of nowhere. Just one of those, (laughs) one of those weird gigs that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, but I do, I have to have to remind myself, you know, how good I have it and, and, you know, pinch myself a, a little bit every now and then. Well, there have been a lot of guests on this show who are on American Idol or The Voice, and I feel like those two shows always get mentioned in the same breath. But Noah, you were on America's Got Talent. I've only had four or five guests on Now Hear This Entertainment that have been on that show. As I mentioned back in the intro, you were actually a semifinalist on AGT. Talk about that show in terms of, of A, unlike The Voice, I'm guessing you're not getting coaching along the way, and also B, how did you navigate mentally the fact that your singing is being judged against other people's magic or their trapeze act or their comedy, et cetera. Yeah. Or like belly sounds that they make with their stomach <laughs> or like, yeah. Um, it, it's weird. Um, AGT was another really, really great thing. Um, but you know, if I'm being honest, I really didn't have, uh, I, I didn't want to do it. Um, it wasn't something that was on my radar really. Hmm. Um, and I've been contacted a few times by the voice and by, I think by American Idol, um, but definitely also by America's Got Talent a few times in the past. And every time I'd turned them down, um, just cause it just wasn't for me. Um, and I, this time the same thing happened. And then I just kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of, I talked to a few people close to me and I talked to the producers on the show and it just kind of felt like the right thing to do. Um, in that moment and like it would be a good shot in the arm and um i decided to go and do it and you do actually get a little bit of coaching um on america's got talent because they have like different um different departments that handle different kinds of acts oh okay and uh everybody was really great on the show you know and, and they did uh the best they could with with every act and they tried to treat everybody fairly um but you know it is a it's a different it's a different thing because it's a competition and it's weird to go and perform, you know, whether it's a cover song or an original, it's weird to go and perform and get judged by judges yeah, <laughs> and yeah. not just like the audience that came to your show that night. So, um, I think the first couple like rounds of it, um, I think I was a little in my head. Mm. Um, and then I, I kind of had the realization of like, well, Noah, this is a TV show, you know, like this is a fun TV show that people watch and enjoy with their families. And like, 
they're going to love you. If they like your music, they love you. You know, if they don't, they don't. And that's fine. It's just like everything else. But mostly this is a TV show and just have fun with it. So I think yeah. in the later rounds, I, I had more fun yeah. uh, and realized not to take myself so seriously. Um, you know, there's obviously things I would love to go back and do differently, but um, you know, it, it was a really good experience for me. I got a lot of great fans out of it uh, that come to the shows today. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, there's so many different, there's so many different avenues you can go down in the music business today. And, um, that was just one of them that I chose to go down. Yeah. And I love, I love the attitude that you adopted because I think that's what makes you at peace with the fact that you're going, you know what, this is a TV show. Like people are just sitting in their living room enjoying this. So that's why I'm being judged as a singer up against someone else who's doing magic and someone else who's doing a trapeze act and someone else who's doing comedy. So I can't, I can't overthink this thing, you know, and, and, and I love that you said it actually made you kind of relax a little bit and say, okay, you know, now I can perform a little bit better knowing that, Hey, it's a TV show. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I tend to overthink almost everything in my life. (laughs) Um, so I think I'm, that's, that's kind of one of my, one of my 2020 goals was to just just go with the flow, you know, and and kind of relax and and do what you love. And, right on. You know, not overthink. I have not mentioned these in a while, so I thought it was worth bringing back up. Listeners, you hear me talk each week about how much I benefit from reading the Access Vegas newsletter, and I've told you that when you sign up for it, you also get not only access to their extensive archives, but to special reports of theirs as well. They actually have 12 of them, but the editor told me that the three most popular of those are how to con the casino computers into comping you more, when are the best times to visit Las Vegas, and where are the cheapest and free ATMs on the Las Vegas Strip. To get those and a whole lot more, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Don't forget that they even offer a 60-day money-back guarantee, which you won't need anyway, because in 2019, the number of people that requested their money back didn't even hit double digits. You get all kinds of insider information, savings that don't require coupons. It really helps you maximize your time visiting Las Vegas. Anyhow, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Uh, Noah, we're in the home stretch here. A couple months ago, you posted on Instagram a picture of a laptop with video editing software up on the screen and a caption saying that new YouTube video is coming soon. Are you actually doing your own videos entirely yourself, or was that maybe a product of the pandemic at the particular time of that post, or what? Oh, no, I I, I do all that myself. Um, wow. And, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I've tried to over the years I've tried to get better at it. And, um, you know, honestly, I mentioned my, my buddy, Rhett Scholl earlier. Um, but he has been, you know, my friend and my guitar player for, for six or seven years now. And he recently started uh, a YouTube channel, I guess two years ago, uh, for guitar players and for, you know, touring musicians and stuff. And it, and it's really taken off. And, um, he was making these videos that were just so much better. I thought than, anything I had been doing. And I, and I really, for a while I took a break, uh, from YouTube, um, just cause it was just getting too much for me and, and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And, um, I was trying to figure out how to get back into it in a way that I could enjoy it and, uh, still give people something that they'd like to, to watch. And, 
you know, I decided to start doing more of the vlog and like behind the scenes on the tour kind of thing. Cause that's something a lot of people just don't get to see. Um, and they don't get to see when you, you know, work for, for hours and hours to play for an empty room. You know, they don't get to see when you travel for literally 22 hours. Mm. I, I, we drove to South Dakota, you know, from, from South Carolina mm. over, 22 hours to Whoa. play for maybe two hours, you know? So <laughs> like they don't get to see everything that goes into that. And, you know, I just thought about that and I thought about what Rhett was doing and, you know, he kind of showed me the ropes a little bit more on, on editing and all that stuff. And I, I knew, uh, a good bit about it already, but yeah, it's something I, I enjoy doing. Um, I'm definitely not like, I don't do it every week anymore just because I'm, I'm realizing more and more now that even though I kind of have that YouTuber title, uh, to my name, sometimes I'm really not a, a YouTuber in that sense anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm a songwriter who, yeah. who also makes YouTube yeah. videos sometimes. <laughs> what, what, uh, video editing software do you use by the way? Uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to close today with another one of your original songs, one called Moments. But before you and I record the exclusive bonus audio for people to hear on Patreon, tell the audience all about this song, please. Yeah, Moment is a song I wrote uh, with a really good friend of mine, or two really good friends of mine, uh, one named Gabe Dixon, uh, who's an incredible singer-songwriter. I highly recommend you guys look him up. Um, he's incredible. And then another guy named Andrew Petroff. Uh, who's a great producer and songwriter in Nashville. Um, and we got in the room and, uh, you know, I kind of had this, I had this weird kind of six, eight guitar finger picking part that I brought into the session with me and didn't really know what to do. But, um, really this song was born out of, you know, someone who likes to write sad songs and that's, that's just kind of my bread and butter. I, I like love songs. I like sad songs. So this was one of the sad ones I had that day. Um, and you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, one of those kind of like, we wrote it to kind of be haunting sounding, a little ghostly sounding. So that, that's really all I can say. <laughs> all right. Well, Noah, this has been great. Thanks so much for being on the show. It was, it was great to quote unquote meet you and thanks for being on now here, this entertainment. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bruce. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Noah Guthrie. Do visit his official website at noahguthrie.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I did all that myself earlier today. Please do the same. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Noah that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while, yes, you can also follow him on Spotify, the better way to support Noah is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. Keep up with him on social media for all things Noah Guthrie music. Of course, as you heard, his new single, That's All, will be out July 10th. You can pre-save that right now on Spotify. Again, Noah and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last five plus months worth of guests. It's only five bucks a month and it's ad free and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange colored support us on Patreon button and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way. 
so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been more than six years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 332. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Noah Guthrie. This is the one he just talked about called Moment. I didn't stop till I found you I never knew till I did You brought the light to my city We were two pieces that fit You were a ghost on the water Jumped right in. I was so ready to feel it. I'd do anything to feel it again. So we were the most beautiful whisper of smoke. Burn for a moment.
I'd do anything to feel it. 